We are so glad that you have chosen to stream this audio, and we hope it will encourage you in your faith and your walk towards Christ-likeness. As a side note, we pray that this audio sermon is just supplemental in your relationship with Christ and in no way replaces the church you are plugged into or the pastor that God has put in your life to shepherd and care for your soul. And so with that said, please enjoy this sermon. We have prayed that God would use it in your life. Did you know that you're here for a reason? Yes, that was good. <laughs> Rob's on it. <laughs> but, and, and I don't just mean on this planet. Like, I mean in this room. That you are here at Jefferson Town Baptist Church because God has placed you here. That you are here for a reason. And it's not just to be ministered to. In fact, it's to do ministry. You probably didn't come in today thinking, I'm going to church to do ministry today. You probably, if, if you thought anything, you probably thought, man, I'm just going to try and get my kids ready on time so that we can make it. And, uh, and then, like, hopefully the pastor will say something nice. Um, and, and in reality, God has so much bigger plans for you than that. And, and I know how hectic Sunday mornings are and, and how difficult it is to get everybody ready on time and get, get them in the door and, and be here. And, like, all you're wanting at that point is just for someone to minister to you. And, and praise God that he does use other believers to do just that. But if that's the only thing you're thinking about, then you're missing something huge that he has for you. Because you're not here today just to be ministered to. You're here today because God wants to do ministry through you. And what we're doing today as, as we worship together, as we gather together, as we study the Bible in Sunday school classes, as we hear the word preached, as we sing about the truths that we believe, is we're not just being ministered to, we're equipping one another for the work of ministry. And so we've been in a series called Everything We Need, and we started out by talking about how God in his word has provided everything that we need for life, for living a godly life, and then we also talked about last week how God has provided everything that we need for walking through trials and walking through the most difficult things in our lives. And, and now... We're going to take it one step further, and so last week we kind of ended on this, this hint that God has more for us than just teaching us how to walk through hard things. In fact, he wants to teach us how to walk with others through the hard things they're going through. And so today, let's look at what Paul has to say in Ephesians chapter 4, if you'll turn there with me in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 4 will be in verses 11 through 16 today. Starting in verse 11. And he, Jesus, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, 
from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Would you pray one more time with me? God, today we ask that you would give us a ministry mind shift. Lord, that as, as we hear from you through the words of the Apostle Paul, God, we ask that you would help us to understand ministry differently, or that we would see that you want to work through us, no matter who we are or where we're at or how equipped we might feel right now. God, that you want to equip us to walk with hurting people through the difficult things in life. And so, God, we pray for your help now as we study your word together, and we ask that you would bring about change in us, Lord, that we might be able to help others as they experience change and growth as well. In Jesus' mighty and awesome name we pray. Amen. So here's the main thing that I want you to leave here today with, is that God has provided everything you need for ministry in his word. God has provided everything, not that the pastors need for ministry, but that Christians need for ministry. And that, in fact, ministry isn't just about what the pastors are doing, what, the, what whoever the guy is up here on a given week preaching and teaching is doing, or the guy who's sitting down in the offices talking through something with a, a married couple that they haven't been able to deal with. That ministry is, in fact, what God is doing through each and every one of us because we're Christians, not because we're pastors or deacons or teachers or ushers or anything else that you might be thinking of, but in fact that God has plans and purposes for you that he wants to work out in and through your life so that you might be a blessing to those around you as well. And so that's what Paul is getting at today when he's writing to the church at Ephesus is he's saying, listen, Ministry is something that God is going to do through you, and he's given you different kinds of leaders in the church to equip you for what God wants you to do and what God is going to do through you. And so the first thing that we see is that God has provided every person that we need for ministry. And we're going to see that there's two kinds of people that he's provided that, that are every kind of person that we need for ministry. And one is leaders, and the other is you. And so let's jump into what Paul's saying here in those first few verses. Verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. And so the first thing we have to notice is that um, Jesus, who's the head of the church, has, has actually given to us leaders. And, and he does that for a reason. I know that um, many of us have experienced difficulty with leadership at some point in our lives, right? Um, maybe some of you have been hurt by a leader. Maybe a leader abused their power or position to do something that they shouldn't have done. Maybe you've gone through something really difficult because of the choices that a leader made. Maybe you felt abandoned by a leader at some point in your life. Or, or who knows what you've been through. We've all experienced the difficulties of leadership gone bad. And yet Jesus himself, according to the Apostle Paul, who knew Jesus pretty well, I would think, um, Paul says that Jesus gave leaders to the church. And so why did Jesus do this? Why did Jesus give leaders to the church? Well, there's, there's three reasons. 
that leaders are a gift from God for ministry. One is, is leaders point us in a direction. And so if, if, if you've thought about leadership at all, um, leadership involves stepping out in front, right? And then there's some who hopefully, if you're leading well, will follow, right? And so one of the tests of leadership is if you're taking steps forward and you turn and you look back and nobody's behind you, you're not leading. And so leaders are given to us by Jesus to point us in a direction, and the direction is Christ. Leaders are given to us by God so that they would point us to Christ, to Christ's likeness, to becoming more like him. And so that's why when Paul talks with his disciples, he talks about how, hey, you imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so when we're looking at leadership and we're looking at the leaders that God has given to the church, whether it's this church or the church as a whole or any local church, um, what we have to consider is that they're given to us for this reason of pointing us in the direction of Christ. And so we follow the leaders that God has placed in our lives as they point us to Christ. And so a second reason that God has given us leaders is simply to, to watch over us. And so um, if you think about pastors and the, the way that the Bible talks about pastoring, it talks about shepherding, right? And shepherds were what? They were these men who looked over a flock of people or a flock of sheep and they cared for them, right? They watched over them. They protected them. They set up guardrails so that, um, so that enemies could not come and steal them away. And so pastors, leaders are given to us by God to watch over us. And, and Hebrews 13 is one area that you'll see that. Verse 17 and 18. The author of Hebrews says, obey your leaders and submit to them. And here's why he says, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. And then the author says, pray for us so that we are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably in all things. And so the author of Hebrews says, listen to your leaders and follow your leaders because they've been given a task to watch over you and they're going to be held accountable. And so when we think about those difficulties in life that we've experienced with leadership, who knows what it's been for you, um, and, and, we, and we think about the leaders that God has placed in our lives currently, and we have that struggle where we're like, man, I just don't know if I can trust again. I don't know if I can trust these people who are supposed to be leading because this guy back here did an awful thing and it hurt me really bad. And, and the author of Hebrews says, listen, we submit to the leadership God has placed in our lives, not because leaders are perfect, but because leaders have been tasked with keeping watch and they're going to be held accountable. And that's great hope for you guys. It's really terrifying for me and Cameron and Luke and Andrew and anybody else that's um, attempting to do this by the grace of God um, because we're going to be held accountable by Jesus himself. And so Jesus one day is going to look at me and be like, Grant, listen, like I entrusted you with an opportunity and 
you either did it faithfully or you screwed it up. And I'm going to have to answer to him for that. And so as, as we look at the leadership that God has placed in our lives, we don't worry constantly about whether they're going to do it right. We know that God himself is watching over all of us and has entrusted some with the task of stepping out in front and trying to take steps to lead us in the direction of himself. And we know that God himself is going to be taking care of everything at the end of the day. And so we, we know that leaders are a gift from Jesus because they point us in the direction of him, Lord willing, and then they're tasked with watching over us by him. And finally, the other reason that Jesus has given us leaders and the one that's more relevant for us today as we look at Paul's words is that leaders are given to us by Christ to equip us to do the same thing for others. And so, so maybe you've thought about ministry as though for a long time that it's just the pastor's job, that the pastor gets paid to get up on Sundays and preach. Maybe he does a Sunday night thing or a Wednesday night thing, depending on the church you're in. And then he does counseling and he does a few other things. Um, and, and it's just his job. That's what he gets paid to do. Well, in reality, Paul's saying that ministry is what Jesus has tasked all of us with doing and that Jesus has given us pastors and teachers and he gave apostles and prophets to the church so that we would all be equipped to do ministry with hurting people around us. And so, and so that brings me to the second thing. It's not just that leaders are a gift from God for ministry. It's that you're a gift from God for ministry. And if you don't believe me, look up at verse 7 in chapter 4. Because here's what Paul's going to say. He says, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And so Paul just said that you, as a believer in Christ, are given grace from Christ himself. And then when you get later down in the passage, you're going to see that that grace is given to you so that you might do something with it, so that you might do ministry where God has placed you. Because here's the thing, the pastor, any pastor is only placed in a couple locations, right? Um, and the whole congregation goes out from here into all sorts of places. And so if you just thought about it practically, like the most effective way to reach your community is not the pastor or the pastors or any of the leaders in your church, but it's you. It's every single one of us going out from this place on a day-by-day, week-by-week basis with the gospel that we've been changed by. And so Paul's saying, listen, Leaders are a gift from God for ministry, but they're a gift from God not just to do the ministry, but to equip everyone else to do it as well. And so the reason that leaders are given to the church is not to do all the ministry, but it's to equip each and every one of us as Christians to be able to walk with hurting people through difficult things. And so leaders are everyday people used by God in a specific way for his purposes. And if you don't believe me, just think about the, the leaders we have here at J-Town. So, so Luke 
is our senior pastor, and he's also a veteran who served in Iraq. And Cameron is our associate pastor of worship, and he also works at Chick-fil-A. And I'm the associate pastor of discipleship, and I work at the AT&T store down the street. And Andrew, our youth director, he works at Louisville Overstock, and he helps people with their furniture. And so leaders are everyday people used by God for a specific purpose. We're not different than other people. We're not different than other believers. We're just used by God in a specific way for his purposes. And you know what? That's the same thing that's true of all believers. Because you too are used by God in a specific way for his purposes. And you're a gift from God for ministry. If you look at Genesis 1 and verses 26 through 28, when, when this whole thing is starting, you see that God speaks to Adam and Eve. And this is before the fall even happens, before sin enters into the world and their lives and corrupts things. God is speaking to them, and he's giving them a task. And so you see, even before sin entered the world, that God's plan was to spread the knowledge of himself throughout the entire creation through people. And so whenever Paul is talking about how the entirety of the church, not just leaders, but all Christians are to be used by God to spread the knowledge of himself everywhere, all he's talking about is God's plan from the beginning. He's talking about what God has planned to do the entire time. God has always planned to spread his glory through us as human beings. And in Ephesians 4-7, we learn that he's given grace and gifts to each and every one of us for that purpose. And so there's a, there's a pastor named Mark Roberts who preached this, this very passage at his first church. He, was, he became a lead pastor, at, and it was his first church, and, and I think he actually preached it the first Sunday, which maybe would not be the route that I would go. Um, but he, he decided, hey, I'm going to tackle this thing. And, uh, and he opens it up, and he preaches, and he thought it went really well because he heard, you know, his mentor preach it before, and, like, he thought this was going great. And then he's on the church steps after service, and this guy named Steve comes up to him and gets in his face and starts yelling. And he's like, you're just trying to get out of your job. You just don't want to, you're just lazy. You don't want to do ministry. Um, why are you even here? And, like, is just angry. Because what Steve was hearing was that, Mark, the new pastor, didn't want to do ministry. And so Mark said, Steve, let, let's sit down sometime this week because we're not going to be able to figure this all out on the church steps today. <laughs> and so they sat down later that week, and he spoke with Steve, and he said, Steve, tell me what you're concerned about. And Steve began to tell him, well, I'm concerned that you don't want to do ministry. You just want us to do your job for you and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, that's not it at all. I love ministry. I love doing ministry. I love serving the Lord in that way. But I don't want to be the only one doing it because that's not what God has asked of his church. And I'd be a pretty stinky leader if I just took everyone's job and did it myself. And so he's like, Steve's like, wait, so you mean, you mean that God would actually be okay with me doing ministry? And he's like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he's like, so, so like, if I wanted to teach a Bible study, you, you, you would help me do that? And he's like, absolutely. 
And Steve's like, it's starting to click for Steve. He's like, man, I've been, I wanted to do that for such a long time. I thought you had to go to school and do all these things to do that. And Mark's like, no, Steve, you have been given grace in Christ to be used for his glory and the good of those around you. And all I want to do is help you in that. And that's what leaders are given to the church for, is to equip believers to do ministry. And so Paul Tripp, the author of Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands, which is a class we're going through on Sundays um, in Sunday school, um, he, had a, he had a church member come to him one time, and uh, he, he called him on the phone. He's like, Paul, Pastor Paul, I met this guy, and, and he doesn't have a place to stay. He, you know, his wife threw him out, and like, he's homeless, and, and he doesn't know what to do. So I'm, I'm going to bring him over to your house here in a few minutes and let you talk to him. And, and, and Pastor Paul just goes, hey, I believe that God has placed you in this man's life for a reason. And I'm going to pray for you, and I'll check back with you in the morning. <laughs> and he hung up the phone. <laughs> and the guy was like, what? You know, um, because he, he thought, you know, I'll pick this homeless guy up off the side of the road because he looks like he needs help, and I'll take him to my pastor because he'll help him. And, and Paul did what must have seemed like a really cruel thing in that moment for this guy, um, but it was one of the greatest graces of God in that man's life because that man had to figure out that God actually wanted him to help those that he was seeing that were hurting around him. And he went on to keep doing that and doing that and teaching others to do it. And so the reason we do what we do here at JBC is not just so that me and Luke and Cameron and Andrew and, and some of our biblical counselors like Eddie and others, not just so that we have opportunity to help hurting people, but so that we would equip one another as the church to be able to help hurting people wherever we're at in life. And that's what God wants to do through you. And, and you're going to have opportunity. Because if you just think about the people in your life, just think with me for a moment. You probably know a single mom who is so stressed out and tired at the end of the day that she has no idea how she's going to handle living with three kids every evening and providing what they need and making sure that they have what they need. And you probably know someone who's been through a hard divorce and still feels the pain of that loss of that relationship and still feels the sting of loneliness sometimes and doesn't know how to sort through that. And you probably know friends who are having marriage difficulties and, and can't stop fighting. And you probably have family members or people you've met who are addicted to drugs or alcohol and they can't stop. And God has not placed you in those people's lives so that you would just shove them off on a professional. He's placed you in those people's lives because you're his hands and feet. And you have the gospel of hope that brings change, that brings life to dark circumstances. And so you are God's instrument in his hands to help hurting people. Look with me at the, at the goal of ministry here, what Paul says. 
So he says that leaders are given to the church to equip the saints. And by the way, saints doesn't mean like Catholic saints. It doesn't mean the apostles like Peter and Paul and all these other big-name Bible characters. Saints means you and I who have put our trust in Christ. You are made holy by God and changed by his gospel of hope so that you would be used in the lives of others. And so you are the saints who are to be equipped for ministry. We all are. And here's why he says he does it. For building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried out about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, by, and deceitful schemes. And so he says the purpose of ministry is maturity. And he's not just talking about individuals, but he's talking about the church as a whole. And so you are necessary for ministry because you're here. Because God has you here, because God has brought the gospel into your life, and Jesus has brought about change in you. You are necessary for the church. The church matures as everyone is a part of it and is doing ministry together. And so we can't grow if just a few people are doing the work of ministry. We have to grow together. And so if you think about... um, And Kentucky basketball is huge. And I love basketball, so that works for me. Um, If you're not a basketball fan, then just imagine whatever your favorite sport is with this analogy. So on a basketball court, there's 10 players, and then there's a couple coaches, right? And so in this analogy, the, the 10 players who are on the floor are doing ministry. And there's a couple coaches who are kind of directing and equipping and like saying, hey, you know, when that ball went over here, you should go here because that might be a more effective way to do that. And so they're kind of equipping the players to do what they're supposed to do on the floor. Well, then there's like thousands of people who are watching, right? And that's what's happening in way too many churches is there's a few core people who, who do a lot of ministry-type things, serve in a lot of different areas, And then there's all these people sitting around who have no idea what their role is. They're just there to watch the show. And and the church is not supposed to be like a sporting event. The church is supposed to be a place where we gather as believers to equip one another to do life and to do ministry together. And so if you felt like you've just been kind of sitting in the stands watching the show happen, then please come see one of us. We, w- we would love to get you plugged in and, and anywhere where you feel gifted. And if you don't know where you feel gifted, where God would have you serve, man, we'd love to help you with that too. Like, we would love to come alongside you and see, hey, I've got this, this person at work who's really hurting right now, and I don't really know what to say or how to engage. We'd love to enter into that with you and, and help you discern how God's going to use you there. We'd love to help you understand like, where a good spot for you would be at JBC if you want to serve in children's ministry or in groups ministry somehow, or maybe you even want to enter into the, the muck and the mire with people in counseling. And we would love to help you do that. Like, we are so excited that you're here because God has you here. 
It's not that you just walked in a church building one day and said, hey, that sounds cool, let's do that. It's that God has you here for a reason and a purpose, and we are thrilled about that. We are so excited about that, and we pray for you guys regularly because we believe that God isn't going to do great and glorious things through us, but through you and through us together. And so let's not have 10 people on the floor. Let's have a lot more than that. And let's make this thing a lot better than a sporting event because God has glorious things awaiting. And here's how we do it. Look at verse 15 with me. So Paul has just talked about how maturity is the goal of ministry. As, as the church together we're supposed to grow, as individuals we're supposed to grow. And, and it made me think of this time, well, really several times, where my family used to take trips to the Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri, and we would go to this water park. And at water parks, like, the best thing as a kid is the wave pool, you know? Like, you're so excited to go to this place where they have all these slides and you never touch them because you're in the wave pool the whole time. And, and then your parents and your grandparents are really frustrated because they took you to a place to swim in a pool when there was a pool at home. And uh, anyways, though, you're in this wave pool and when that bell rings, then all these waves start coming and you're like so psyched out of your mind and because and, you just see them start rolling towards you. And like if, if you've grown enough, then you can swim out there pretty far, right? you've grown and you can kind of handle some of those bigger waves. So like you kind of test your limits and stuff. And, and then you see these smaller kids around you who are in these tubes with their parents sitting next to them because the waves are so strong and so big that they push you around like crazy. And so you have to have matured and grown so that you can handle swimming through those waves. And in the same way, Paul is saying, listen, we've got to be doing this thing together so that we would be growing so that when there's waves coming in life and things coming from our culture and, and saying, listen, when you call sin, sin, that's evil. And, and we've got to be growing together so that we can respond by saying, no, that's love. When we call sin, sin, that's not bigotry, it's not evil, it's not mean. Now, there's a mean way to do it, for sure, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. But when we call sin, sin, we're doing what God has asked us to do, and we're loving those around us, because we know that this life is difficult, and we know that there's actual, real hope for it. And so we do this thing together so that we would grow together, so that we could be walking through this together and not tossed about by the winds and the waves. And here's how we actually do the ministry part of it, because Paul's not going to just leave us wondering about that. He says, rather, speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. And so Paul says that the way that we're going to do this ministry thing is we're going to speak truth in love. And so there... I saw two Christian books recently, and the subtitles just struck me because they kind of dealt with the same thing. They were both dealing with relationships. And one said, 
when to say yes, how to say no, how to take control of your life. And the other said, relationships, a mess worth making. And so what Paul is saying is that we have to be willing to enter into the mess of relationships. We have to speak truth in love, and what love involves is building actual relationships with hurting people. And so we're willing to enter in to the single mom's life who's struggling. We're willing to enter in with our friends who can't stop fighting with one another, even though they've been married for only a couple of years or something. And we're willing to enter in into the mess of a relationship with a family member who has a drug addiction and can't stop using. We're willing to enter into those places and not just to angrily say things that are true, but to actually enter into relationships when they're messy with compassion and grace and speak what needs to be spoken and provide actual hope of life and change because that's what Christ has provided for us. And that's why we're here, is because Christ has drawn us out of our sin and our muck and our mire and into his light and his glory and grace. And he's done that, not so that we would just kind of rest here in the light, but so that we would take that light of the gospel into the dark places in those messy relationships and be willing to speak truth in a loving way. So it's not that we just say, hey, listen, bud, you've been dealing with this drug addiction for a while, and you need to stop. It's that we enter in and say, listen, this drug addiction, this drug problem you've been having, it's not just hurting you. It's hurting those around you. It's not just sin against those around you either. It's sin against God as well, because he's given you a life not to be wasted, but to be used for his glory. And I know that God is able to bring about great things in you. And, and you're willing to enter into that difficult space because you know what God has done for you. You know who you were before Christ. You know the sin that you were entrapped in. You know that before Christ you were addicted to all sorts of things, whether it was things online you shouldn't have been looking at, whether it was gossip, whether it was anything. And you know what Christ has delivered you from, and you know his power, and you know him, so you can enter into those dark spaces knowing that Christ is able to bring about change. And so you speak the truth and love because you know that someone else did that with you, and your life was changed forever because of it. And notice this last part here as we close, because not only has God provided every person we need for ministry in terms of both leaders and everybody here, and not only has he provided every word that we need for ministry in terms of truth that we can speak into hard situations, but he's provided everything for everyone, every believer to do ministry. And it's essential that we do because we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so here's what you have to know today. 
is that if, if you've been living the life of a Christian just as a spectator, then the church is hurting without you. You are here for a reason and a purpose, and it's not just because we want to see God do great things through you. It's because the church, the local church, needs you. You're a believer. Your life has been changed by Christ, and you're a part of the body of Christ that's to grow up into the head. And we need one another. That's one of the things we've talked about several times is that we're made to do this thing together. And we need each other. We need the wisdom and the life experience and the way that God's truth has applied in different situations. We need that from one another so that we can walk through things that we haven't experienced yet. And so you're here for a reason, and it's to help those around you. And God has you here for that. At AT AT&T, we saw this thing called a Samsung Gear VR. And it's this virtual reality machine that you kind of put over your eyes. And, and it's really cool. When you, when you get in this thing, you, it's like a whole other world in there. Um, and, and whenever you turn your head this way, um, it, it moves your character and it changes the scenery. And, and so when it, wherever your head is pointing, it's going to change what you're seeing. And, and Christ is the head of the church, so that we're growing up into him, and as he's pointing us in a direction, that's the way we're supposed to go, because we're his body. And so wherever Christ is pointing us is where we're supposed to enter in. And where Christ is pointing you and I today is in the direction of doing ministry with one another, one another in the lives of the hurting around us so that God might be glorified and we might be used for his good, for his, his pleasure, and that we might grow together. And so today, that's what I'm inviting you to be a part of because that's what God has brought us into together. And so I hope that you'll consider what Paul has had to say, not what I've had to say, but what God has spoken through the Apostle Paul because God has a reason and a purpose for you being here. And it's not just to be ministered to, it's to do ministry together. Let's pray. God, we ask that you would help us. Lord, there's no way in the, in the short time we have together that we can do everything that we need to do to equip one another. So God, we pray that you would help us as we go out from this place. Give us wisdom, give us help, Help us to search your word in those circumstances where we don't know what to do. And Lord, let us rely on one another and the wisdom you've provided through your word in the lives of the believers around us. God, that we might experience change. And Lord, that we might be an instrument in your hands as you bring about change and hope and life in the lives of those around us. In Jesus' name we pray.